Hello everyone, I want to apologize once again for my bad audio in this episode. I was trying to do settings on Streamlabs and they just weren't working out and I didn't realize it till I'd already exported the video, so hope you can stick through it and join us on the next one and it'll hopefully be a little bit better. Thanks for listening, have a good episode. Welcome everyone to the Kange Stray Dogs Podcast. My name is Chance and I am joined here today by Nick Bales and Zach Cargyle. Today we are going to be having a discussion covering the topics of liminal spaces and the uncanny, uh, uncanny valley. Uncanny valley. Uncanny valley. I made it all the way to the end and fucked it up anyways. On the second to the last word. Uncanny, huh? Uh, honestly, yeah. at first I thought you said uncanny valley. <laughs> My yeah, that's where I live. <laughs> the non-cummy valley. All right, Cargo, you want to give us the definition of these bitches? Which ones? Both of them. Liminal spaces and uncanny valley. Like, uncanny. Well, I only, I only have liminal spaces. Um, I can, I can do uncanny valley. Right. Okay, so liminal spaces, it's, it kind of varies. There's a whole bunch of different kinds because there's like the mental liminal spaces, there's liminal spaces within like literature and stuff like that. But what we're going to be using is within architecture and pop culture. So in architecture, they're defined as the physical spaces between one destination and the next, like hallways, airports, and streets, stuff like that. But over the past few years, They've kind of evolved to also include places that are normally like filled with people and activity, but for reasons unknown to the observer, are empty. So like shopping malls, playgrounds, hotels, theme parks, schools, so on and so forth. They kind of spooky to some people, kind of not spooky to other people. I always find that spooky. I do not. Uh, I mean, it, it depends on context, I guess. I have some photographs I can share if you would like me to. Indeed. Okay, it's not letting me copy and paste the image, so I'm going to have to just save them so you guys can talk while I save all these images. Okay. Well, speaking of spaces, we have our own space on the internet now. It's called Patreon. If you're interested in supporting us or uh, supporting a charity, actually our second tier is uh, to support charities, please go and check out the Patreon. Everything is really free right now because it's just in case you miss a, a an actual stream, the full unedited bod is on there. Um, and then in the future, there'll be some other things on there. But for now, everything is free for everybody. And it's just for if you want to support us. And treat us boys kind. Do we want me to define Uncanny Valley? Sure. Uh, uncanny Valley is uh, a relation between an object's humanness, its its resemblance to a human being, uh, and our human response to that emotionally. So like so dolls. More, yeah, dolls or robots. Uh, mannequins get me. Mannequins are weird. Have you seen the the people who dress up like they put on the white wolf suit? And they yes, that's creepy. It is creepy. Don't now, do that. Now when I walk through stores, I'm always looking at these mannequins like, okay, hey, what an actual person. Is somebody going to prank me right now? If somebody pranks me, I'm going to punch them in the face, and their white morph suit won't be white anymore. 
It'll be yellow because I'm gonna piss on you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what the heck, dude? Sorry. I was an ADHD sentence right there. My brain was just like, say it. Do it. Ah, pictures. Yeah, I'm They're here. going through, I'm Googling the pictures to try to. Yeah, I think I these... can't just save them from the document I had them on, so. I find liminal spaces just interesting to look at. Same. I did Sometimes a liminal space art a creepy, art project but... in high school. Sometimes they can be kind of creepy, depending on what they are, but most of the time I'm just like, hey, that's kind of neat. Yeah, if there's a creepy doll girl standing at the end with a butcher knife, creepy. <laughs> parking garages. I've actually had a fear of empty parking garages since I watched The Wiz. Well, dude, and this one, this one's crazy just because it is, like, completely empty, and you can see how massive it is. Crazy big. What the hell? Huh. Sorry for audio only listeners. Uh, maybe we can <laughs> maybe we can link pictures in. Uh, maybe I can. Hey, maybe we should start a subreddit and just post pictures we have from the podcast on there and be like, "Oh, what I think I had." Solid idea. Pictures and videos. We'll see in the future. There's a lot of things in store. There are indeed. One of the things uh, that I think a lot of people. It's kind of like the antithesis of the juxtaposition of, oh, this is cool, oh, this is creepy, is the theme park aspect. Because, like, being by yourself in a theme park at night, yeah, that's both cool because you're like, oh, I've got all this, this stuff that I don't normally do by myself, and there's normally tons of people here and it's uncomfortable. But then there's also a, there should be people here. Yeah, it's weird, the absence of, it's abnormal from what it normally is when you're experiencing it well it's like school when you're at school after hours and there's no one in the school it's kind of creepy yeah actually i have a personal story about that mm -hmm. um uh back my my dad uh for anybody who's listening it doesn't know my dad is a school teacher because he teaches kindergarten through senior year He's all of the grades he's teaching. He uh, teaches every single one of those schools. Every single one of them. <laughs> but, um, so he bounces between both school buildings, and during the summer, since he has two classrooms he has to maintain, most of the summer he is setting up these classrooms, sorting through music, you know, fixing pianos and stuff like that, because he's a choir teacher. Um, and in the summer, I would used to go with him. Sometimes it would be my siblings and I, and sometimes it would just be me. And his room in the elementary school would be the only room with a light on. The rest of the building would be pitch black. Nope. And so walking around the school with nobody else there, just me, and my dad's in his classroom, was so eerie. Especially, two points, the gym, which I'm used to being in playing with my friends is suddenly just this huge, dark, empty abyss of a room. Yeah. And it be. echoes, and you look into it, and you're like, this is scary. And also, the entire time, for some reason, it sounds like there is walking in the hallway, like high heels, clicking on a hard floor, which is weird because the elementary school is carpeted. 
But oh, the whole no. sound, time, it sounded like high heels clicking on a hard floor. And there's, there's nobody there. Um, and I think that's an aspect of liminal spaces when they are that people are usually here and there's nobody here, is that our brains yeah. are so used to people being there that we put noises it'll in. Start, yeah, it'll and, start manifesting. Yeah. That's, that's where part of the whole, like, shadow people in the corner of your eye thing comes in mm-hmm. is because your brain is like, there should be people here. Why are there not people here? And it'll find any little tiny thing to be like, oh, that's a person. And it'll even like manifest sounds and shapes and stuff like that. It's it's pretty intense. I think a shopping <laughs> mall, a completely like empty shopping mall, would be really creepy. Oh yeah, completely empty shopping mall would be like go to like Circle Center in Indy. Yeah, but and that has the added empty, added no uh, lights, just nothing. That has the added. Uh aspect of zombie movies being placed in malls for ages now. I think almost every single zombie game you play, there's a level that's in a shopping mall. Yep. And it's awful. Don't both Left 4 Dead games have a shopping mall segment? Yes. Yes, and then, uh, (laughs) shit, what's the one that takes place on an island? Uh, Dead Dead by Daylight? No, No, not Dead by Daylight. Uh, Dead Island. Is it Dead Island? Hold it on. might be Dead Island. It might be Dead Island. Yeah. Is that a is that a thing? Dead Island. But there's there's a section in that that takes place in the shopping mall. Hmm. Another part of that is. Oh hey, would you look at that? There's what? a Dead Island Dead Island video game series, so it might be Dead Island that I'm thinking of. I think I played that on my old Xbox 360, and for some reason, I had free online for that. Man, it feels so weird to say my old Xbox 360. I know, right? <laughs> like, I remember when that when that was like when it came a brand out. new console, and it's like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. It was mind blowing to everyone. <laughs> well, it's and like it had like the Connect and everything, and you're like, oh yeah, the Connect technology. was. Oh my gosh. Well, it's like when the Wii came. Out. <laughs> oh my god, like, yeah. This ancient console. <laughs> When the Wii came out, everybody was like, this is the next step in technology. It's amazing. And then, I mean, like, in a way, yeah. But two years later, everybody's like, why? What? What is a Wii? This sucks. What a Wii a was Wii? basically trying to be VR without VR before yeah. VR was possible. Well, it was kind of like the Xbox Connect. It was just motion-controlled gaming. Yeah. I love how we went back to technology (laughs) (laughs) but um one of the shopping mall things um there's a shopping mall i don't remember where but an old man actually died Mm -hmm. because he got confused he had early dementia and he wandered into the back hallways where only staff are supposed to be but there's like miles of these back hallways Mm. oof so he could not find his way out, and there's nobody there. Even the security guards who are supposed to check all these hallways don't check them normally because nobody goes down these hallways because there's miles of them. That sounds absolutely terrifying to me. Basically getting lost in a labyrinth and not knowing how to find your way out. And on top of that, this old guy was just 
confused. Like he didn't know where he was, why he was there. That sounds horrifying and makes me not want to get old. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Man. Not want to get old, like that's relatable and I don't like that. I don't like when things are relatable. I always remember thinking Polar Express was creepy. Polar Express is... I thought it was real people. I thought it was a live-action movie when I first saw it. When I was, like, real little. Because they just looked almost human. Almost, yeah. I had that with that uh, Beowulf movie with Angelina Jolie in it. That happens a lot in movies, though. But that movie actually was uh, animated. Really? Yeah. It's so weird. Well, and Cargo mentioned um, at one point when they like have to CGI a dead person mm-hmm. into a movie, like uh, with one of the newer Star Wars movies, Princess Leia and Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One. They look weird. And or it's like when. When they make someone look like them, their younger selves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it look is quite a right. huge uncanny valley. And then um, when uh, uh, Henry Cavill. Yeah. Justice it, League. When he had. <laughs> he was also filming Mission Impossible at the time they were doing reshoots for Justice League. And he was contractually obligated. Er, contractually bound to keep his mustache for Mission Impossible. So they had to go in and use CGI to take out his mustache and just restructure the lower half of his face, essentially. <laughs> and so people were just like, huh, this isn't right. And so like, you're right, it's not right, because it's fake. You guys have a fear of dolls. Uh, they're what definitely creepy. I, I, I'm not a huge that, fan of them. I don't. I wouldn't say fear, but like they make me uncomfy, for sure. Going back though to Polar Express, part of the reason that it's super uncanny valley is because every single character's mocap was done by Tom Hanks. Because for what? For Polar Express, every single character's mocap was done by Tom Hanks. Motion. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, because that's weird. Because, why? Why? Well, because the I don't remember if it was the director or the studio or producer or whatever, but one of the higher ups on the movie didn't trust kids to be able to get a solid performance from motion capture. But the problem is, is he doesn't move movies. like a kid. Exactly. So that's why a lot of the stuff is like weird. This seems weird. But yeah, it was one that's... of the first movies to use proper motion capture the way we know yeah. it now. So it's like, it kind of makes sense that they wouldn't trust children to <laughs> perform with that kind of technology at the time. What's the analog horror series that Jacksepticeye was reacting to? Mandela Effect? Yes. No, not Mandela Effect. Mandela Catalog. It's I think. the Mandela Catalog. It's all about yeah. basically that Uncanny Valley stuff. Where the world or this certain town has been invaded by, I don't remember what they're called, but they're all humans that have one feature that is just completely strange. Like their head's too long or their skin's too tight or their eyes are way too big. I think 
seeing something like that in real life would be creepy. I'll tell you what does freak me out for some reason. <laughs> what the fuck? It looks that like she's got a spider. That was part of the uh, the Mandela catalog. It was like duplicated features and disproportionate features and stuff like that. Yeah. They actually had an image almost identical to this one where they had like two sets of eyes and stuff like that. It makes me feel like I'm shared. tripping on acid or something. Oh, a little shit. Weird, I'll admit. Let me bring up a website to you guys real quick. Oh, is it uh this person doesn't exist? Yes. I love that website. Have you ever looked into that chance? Uh-uh. It's Dude. basically AI generated people. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Up. Here, I'll pull it up on my computer and I'll screen share. Yeah, it, it generates uh, an image of a person who's not a real person, but they look mm, most of the time relatively real. But there's some oh, that are here. just a Let's little see. off. Let me, I'm going to pull it up on my uh, main monitor and I'm going to, because uh, I, cause I can see it that way. I'm also going to say uh a whole bunch and repeat myself just uh. because words are hard. Okay. So if you guys want to hop in here and check this out, I can show you. Well, that's quite the liminal space right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I was getting stuff set up. I went live before I meant to. Um, but yeah, if you look at this guy, he just looks like a dude. Yeah. Except just like a little. Eh, they're just dirty. <laughs> but, like, it's not a That's real crazy. Person. Like, he, it just looks like a really uncomfortably close per picture even of, like, added, like, a local politician. <laughs> yeah, they even added imperfections in the skin and, like... Yeah, like, all the, like... Balding. Little, like, balding like, and, like, a little bit of a... Little. Yeah, a little bit yeah. of a shadow where he's shaved recently. Yeah. Refresh. That's refresh they even have like a, a shiny spot that looks like someone i would know potentially yeah it, it almost just looks like hey i might have gone the eyes are weird person. the eyes aren't quite right i think for me it's like there's a there's a slightly lighter ring around each eye yeah but like otherwise just looks like some uh, the person. eyes look the eyes look dead I think that's something about all of them yeah. that I've noticed is all of in all of these pictures their eyes look dead. Like go to like, go to the next. Like it doesn't matter what expression their face is showing. There's no emotion in their eyes. Yeah, yeah. it's it's really hard to fake real emotion with eyes, especially. Next one. Yeah, see, her her eyes are just. She's also got some weird like algae stuff on her head <laughs> yeah. and but like the face itself just it looks, looks pretty like good but the eyes man yeah, if you don't get the, the eyes, eyes right so uh, dead My, this yeah. look at that he's he's, got he's the smiling around there yeah this one's not bad he looks like it looks like a like a school photo He's a, he's he looks a like a psychopath. Member. So he's well, like faking a smile for a school photo. I think that's one of the things I've seen most in a lot of Uncanny Valley stories is the opposite of this. Animals 
whose eyes mm-hmm. look too human. Oh. Yeah. Uh, let me. Those, you know, people say all the time. I think there was a guy in the, some of the stories I was looking up for this who said that he went to the dog pound with his mom to get a new dog. Mm-hmm. And when he passed one of the cages, he saw a dog whose eyes just looked too human for him mm-hmm. to be comfortable even looking at this dog or going near this dog. Hmm. And I don't know if that's like, you know, an intelligence sign. Like if the animal is, can animals be geniuses? <laughs> can there be like genius I animals? Mean, there's always on, the potential. Oh wait, that's not what I wanted to do. Hold on. Okay. This dog right here has got some human ass eyes. I was looking at I was looking at yeah. this, I was looking at this little dude. <laughs> yep. That one as well. It's it's uncomfortable. It's so weird. Yeah, it's unsettling. It is very weird. Oh hey, I see that one that you found now too, Chance. Mm-hmm. Um Oh. Oh no. Oh. Here's hmm. another one. This one is the worst to me. Oh. Uh, oh, no. that's something. <laughs> I love, yeah, that's freaky. I love Nick's. Oh no. Well, I, there's a lot of um, just cryptids that have come oh, yeah, from crypt- this uncanny valley section of horror. Oh, for sure, like the rake and skinwalkers and stuff. Yeah. Have you guys heard of not deer? Yes, they're freaky. Those are freaky. Have you ever heard of them? I. Not off the top of my head. Basically, they they're they kind of look like deer. But I could have never guessed. But they walk on two legs. Oh. Um quadrupeds on two legs is just not good. And there's the story of this guy on the Appalachian Trail who was biking on the Appalachian Trail. I think he was riding a motorcycle. And I don't I don't know if it was on the Appalachian Trail, but it near in in the mountain area and he parked his bike to just kind of stop and chill and look at you know the woods at night and you know because he found that relaxing normally and there was something watching him from the tree line he could see eyes looking at him from the tree line and it looked like an animal that was on all fours because it was low and then all of a sudden these eyes just kind of rise Mm. to a higher height like it suddenly stood up and he's watching this thing, and he turns his headlights, his his bike lights to it, and it looks like a deer, but it's got two like, like a like a bodybuilder's arms, mm-hmm. and it's walking on two legs, and it like bounds towards him super fast on these legs, and just jumps off a cliff. And disappears down this cliff below, and he never sees it again. No, thank you. And there's a lot of cryptids like that, who are just born from this. Hmm. Man, I tried. I did find another dog. (laughs) There's some interesting images, huh? Found the uh, dog with the most human eyes. Oh, Oh no! No. Dude, most of the not deer are just like deer Chance, on trail fuck cams. You. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, I love that one. 
that one's, that one's <laughs> the best. Podcast listeners who don't want to listen, go to the Reddit that we are going to post these pictures on. It's the 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 what is it? Chimera. Chimera. Yep. Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. Did you see the meme I posted in the Discord's meme chat the other day? I thought it was hilarious. Uh, no, I did not. Cryptid. It was uh, when you and your best friend are too much alike, or or uh, are basically the same person. And it was a picture of the dog, the little girl from Full <laughs> Hannah responded to it and just went, fuck you. <laughs> Dude, when I first, I had no idea about that when I first watched it blew my mind it's actually lost, fucking heartbreaking i lost my mind at that i was so pissed off i love to torment nick with with uh that meme okay i am gonna read some stories if you guys don't mind uh-huh. from reddit i will shout out the reddit user that posted them i can't read that as too tiny. So this first it's mostly one, for the image. Um, this first one is just kind of like a horror story that kind of turned into like this guy. It was just this guy guessing at why Uncanny Valley is a thing, mm-hmm. but he turned it into like a super short, like paragraph story. Okay. Uh, this is posted by Solren on r slash short scary stories. Um, it's just titled The Uncanny Valley. Um, when you said that fears can be evolutionary, it made me think. Have you heard of The Uncanny Valley? It's when something like a doll looks almost human, but there's something slightly off. For some reason, things that are almost human-like, like a doll or a lifelike robot, are creepy and disturbing to almost all humans. Why is that? Well, too many people share this fear for it to just be something from their past, so that it must be evolutionary. Perhaps your caveman ancestors were sitting around the fire one night, and one of them noticed that the caveman across from him seemed off. The smile was a bit too wide. He had just a few too many teeth. His skin was just a bit too tight. Then perhaps the caveman would notice that It was so incredibly quiet. He could not even hear the crackling fire or the birds chirping. And then he would notice that the thing that was almost human was looking straight at him, grinning a too wide smile. Or perhaps there's another reason that us humans have a fear of the uncanny valley. Who knows? Was that it for that? That was it for that story. I had heard that one before. Yeah, the 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 theory is at some point in our evolution, there was a species that was very similar to us, but not quite us, and they were a huge threat, and we were terrified of them for you know however long it takes to grind that down into our DNA memory. But who's to say they're gone? Oh, yeah, no. Who's say that? I mean a lot of scientists say that the um uh fuck why am I uh 
The Homo sapiens mm-hmm. yeah. probably actually did war with a couple of different species of humans. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that yeah, that's pretty much verifiable. It's right like there. every every other like family of creature has multiple species within it, except for humans. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Huh. That's a creepy thought to think. About. I if... love that kind of thought. That that makes me kind of giddy. Well, uh, what if they didn't all die, but instead went into hiding? Wouldn't surprise me. That's where what they're. If... That's what's going on in the national parks. I was gonna say, what if that's why all these things from the national parks and like the stories of like the rake and stuff like that, skinwalkers. What if that's just what that is, is another subspecies of human? Maybe that's why people unexplainably go missing in the woods. Like the missing 411 story, which in the future we'll do an episode about spearheaded by me because I kind of went crazy researching. (laughs) That's tomorrow's episode, isn't it? It can be, if you guys are down. Uh, I just thought that's what we talked about. Sure thing. Tomorrow, tomorrow, in your timeline next week... (laughs) Will be the if missing one one episode, viewer. yeah, or listener, I guess. Um, so I'm gonna read another Uncanny Valley, slightly longer story. If you guys are down, okay. Uh, no, I'm never down for story time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Not on Twitch. <sighs> so this is. Posted by Reddit user Sleepy Hollow underscore 101 on r slash no sleep. Yes, I added the burp. Oh, you added the burp? Okay. Um, And for some reason, this story also starts with Have you ever heard of the Uncanny Valley? I mean, I feel like a lot of them probably would, but you know. Is what it is. I've been obsessed with it for years. See, the uncanny valley refers to this effect where the more human something looks, the creepier it gets. For example, let's say a company is designing a robot that looks like Angelina Jolie. No matter how lifelike they think they can make it, it wouldn't be a perfect representation of a human being. We'd be able to tell the difference. There might be a slight delay in the eye movement or hand movements might be too mechanical. Either way, as realistic as she might look, she still wouldn't be human. The company would actually do better to make her look less lifelike, because the more human-like she looks without actually being human, the more repulsed we're likely to be. I first learned about this effect because my sister likes dolls. Uh, Outside of story, this is how I kind of learned about Uncanny Valley 2. Because uh, my sisters had so many porcelain dolls, which are definitely the creepiest, that some of them were stored in my room, on shelves, looking directly at my bed. Nope. And one of them had a sound box to giggle. And sometimes in the middle of the night, it would just giggle at me. I got a cold chill when you said that. (laughs) Yeah. That's a big note for me today, fam. There was another one that wasn't like a human-like doll. It was just a small like animal thing that cackled really creepily. 
And I got so freaked out by it, I threw it in my closet. And sometimes in the middle of the night, from my closet, I could hear that cackle. Nope. Just with the door open, completely in the darkness, from that darkness comes a cackle from the closet. That's why you toss it out the window instead. You burn it. You burn it all down to ashes. Burn it with salt. Um, Back to the story. Uh, she's a few years older than me, but her obsession didn't diminish with age. I had the great misfortune of sharing a room with her. She collected various kinds of dolls, mostly porcelain and ball-jointed dolls. Have you ever seen a ball-jointed doll? If not, count yourself lucky. I'm going to Google it. Some of them are absurd with disproportionate eyes and faces. They're not so bad. Some of them look like miniature humans. Oh yes, I've seen these. Yeah. Uh, trapped in a co- a co- a look, trapped in a cocoon of glass. Uncanny Valley, indeed. You want to share? Want to share with the class, Cargo? I mean, some of them are like really pretty, but like, like some here, are just, just gonna... awful. <laughs> share one of the ones you have. No. Oh my god. That's like I'm glad my sister didn't have any of those. Christ almost. Oh the, my the face god. proportions are the ones that are just like no thank you for me. Oh, it's like Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> yeah. She was a huge uncanny valley type thing for a lot of people too. Um, I used to have nightmares about those dolls when I was very young. I dreamed that they were crawling towards my bed, only I couldn't get away. I was paralyzed watching them struggle towards me with their stiff joints, their glass eyes, unblinking and unseeing. They tear open my skin with their little hands and crawl inside as I screamed and screamed. You didn't need to say that. You could have just left it as I had nightmares. You didn't need to say that. I begged my mom to let my uh, to let me have my own room or even to share a room with my brother. She told me there's nothing to be afraid of. They're just dolls and they can't hurt you. I think she wanted me to overcome my fear, but her plan failed. Instead, my fear of the dolls grew into a full-blown phobia that started to spread to other parts of the house. I noticed that other humanoids... Sorry, other humanoid things started to bother me. Mannequins, clown figurines, statues. For a long time, I just lived in fear. My parents couldn't take it anymore, and that's when they brought me to a psychiatrist who introduced me to the Uncanny Valley effect. Understanding my fear would help me overcome it, she said. I guess she was right. It took a long time, but I finally got over my phobia. I still don't like dolls. Even all these years later, but I won't usually get nightmares after looking at them. I can handle mannequins, although they make me uneasy. Overall, I guess I've just got a good handle on them. Well, I did. See, the reason I'm telling you this at all is because something's changed, and even I myself don't understand what's happening. It started a few weeks ago when I got up for work one morning. Have you ever had one of those days where you look in the mirror and you just don't really recognize yourself? Yes. I Sorry, just, rhetorical. 
Um, I no, I'm. I had a moment like that in high school, where I walked into the bathroom, and looked at myself in the mirror in passing, and actually scared myself. It's usually like if I get up to pee in the middle of the night, and as I'm turning on the bathroom light, we've got a huge like wall mirror above our sink. Yeah. And so, like, I'll catch myself in the in the corner of my eye and be like, I'll turn on the light and do a double take and be like, what the f- was that? <laughs> when I was little, I actually did used to have a phobia of mirrors. Uh, because I saw there was a pretty famous horror video on YouTube where this little girl was looking into a mirror and she turned around to look at the person filming the camera. And the thing in and the mirror, that one continued yeah. to look straight on. Yeah. yeah, those kinds of things get me too. Yeah. Well, that that goes into a whole another uh, theory that you know, especially with uh, multiverse possibilities, right? If there's yeah. an infinite number of universes, then there's an infinite mirrored universe where everything is played out exactly the same, right? Yeah. Uh, the theory is that that world is on the other side of that mirror, dimensionally speaking. Well, have you ever seen the movie uh, Us? Yeah. Yes. That's, that's yeah, pretty that's... much it. Yeah. And, you know, they, they so even the, the villains in that movie were slightly uncomfortable. Off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, slightly off. I think that whole movie plays off of the Uncanny Valley fear. I, uh... Speaking of mirrors, I actually, after seeing the movie The Matrix, I actually, like, thought you could somehow, like, go through a mirror into a new world. And so, like, I would constantly be, like, going up to mirrors and, like, taking my finger and, like, poking them real slow to try to go through them and stuff. Problem is, is your own reflection, the other you stops you. you yeah. I, I actually read a thing uh i don't know it was sometime i think in middle school about that and i was like oh so that's why i couldn't go through the mirror <laughs> when i was five <laughs> um back to the story mm. um have you ever had one of those days when you look in the mirror and you don't really recognize yourself i mean it just hits you that that face staring back at me is me but it doesn't feel like you and you're left feeling strangely disjointed and well, that's what was happening to me, but the feeling didn't go away after blinking a few times to clear my head. No, I still stood there, staring into the mirror, feeling that there was something off about me. I didn't have time to do much that morning, late for work as I was, so I left my apartment in a rush, hoping that the feeling would fade as the day went on. Unfortunately, I wasn't the only one. Hey, Lizzie, did you change your hair color or something? The cute guy from the shipping department was staring down at me with a sort of puzzled expression on his face. God, he was—he looked beautiful, even when he was confused. Oh my gosh, of course they had to throw something like that in there. Yeah. He was the kind of guy that makes you want to eat sushi off his abs, and he never really looked away. Looked you, my you way. don't have to read these sentences, by the way. <laughs> But here he was, talking to me. Me, I dispelled my stalkerish train of thought as I tried to come up with an answer. No, why? I asked, cursing myself for sounding so terse. In reality, I was just nervous. Ah, you you just look different today. 
You look nice, though. He flashed me a smile so bright that I almost forgot about the events of that morning in the mirror. Almost, but not quite. I expected everything to be gone back to normal uh, the next day. Maybe I was just looking tired the day before, and Tanner, shipping Hulk, uh, sorry, shipping Hunk, <laughs> was just being nice. I just, I don't know why I was thinking Hulk. Uh, the pieces didn't quite add up, but if I squished them together, they fit well enough to be believable, so I didn't really think much more. Until that is, the next morning when I looked into the mirror, something had definitely changed. I didn't have work, so I I sat in front of my mirror like a narcissistic... <laughs> I sat in front of my mirror like a narcissistic douchebag, wondering what on earth had gotten into me. This was quickly becoming an obsession as I searched for what was different. The answer was not immediately apparent, but after about an hour or so of searching, something jumped out to me. My eyes. There was something strange about my eyes. Okay. My eyes have always been a kind of dull gray color, nothing to write home about. But now they were darker, somehow and the color seemed to spread out further than it did before, encroaching just a little into the spaces where I should have seen white. The change was so subtle, I almost didn't notice it, but there it was, staring me in the face. As soon as I made that discovery, other things began to appear in my vision. The hair was darker, but only a little, and thicker as well. I looked carefully at my roots, and they seemed more defined, if that made any sense. Like they hadn't been grown, like they'd, they'd been placed there as a doll. My skin looked clearer, only, if only just a bit, the color more even. My nails, which have always been prone to cracking, were smooth and perfectly translucent. It was almost like looking at a doll version of myself. Dolls. Uncanny Valley. My heart skipped again. My mind went into overdrive and I started to panic. I was halfway to my cell phone, intent on calling my therapist that I, act that I hadn't actually seen in 10 years, when I managed to calm myself down enough to think. You're being ridiculous, my voice of reason said. You're stressed out and you're imagining things that aren't there. You're a human being. Look, you're moving, breathing, panicking, thinking. All hallmarks of humanity. You're fine. Everything's I decided that the slightly less condescending voice had a point. Sorry, mm -hmm. the, the slightly condescending voice had a point, and I put down the phone. It would be better to ignore the problem, maybe that it would go away, as if that's ever worked. <laughs> Only it didn't go away, and other people began noticing. At a few more comments like Tanner's, people wanting to know if I dyed my, dyed my hair or been on a diet or started wearing new makeup, I just smiled and tried to excuse my way out of it, but soon the comments stopped and people started acting different around me. Well, people tried not to be around me in general. I noticed that everyone seemed to be avoiding me, giving me strange looks. Whenever someone was around me, they looked unsettled, like something about me made them uncomfortable. Uncanny Valley, the voice of fear whispered to me. It's getting worse now. All my human imperfections are being smoothed away somehow. 
and everything inside me is starting to feel duller. I don't laugh anymore or smile much. It's not that I can't. My skin isn't turning plastic. My eyes aren't turning glass. It's just that whatever was inside me that liked to smile or cry or scream has started to turn wooden, even if I'm all flesh. I'm certainly not a doll. That much I know, but I've started to think I'm not human anymore. Whew. That's the end of the story. Pretty fucking... The longer it went on, the less interested I got. I thought it was interesting. That's like a huge definitely... thing with... Go ahead. That's a, that's a huge thing with like... Uh doing psychedelics people tell you not to look in the mirror right because your perception your perception of everything is altered so you don't see yourself the way you normally would you look different you look off it doesn't look real and people can have adverse emotional and mental reactions to that depending on how concrete their self-image is. <coughs> it's also like... <coughs> when you're staring at yourself in the mirror in the dark, mm-hmm. and your face just starts to morph to you. Yeah. Or the longer you look at a person in the light, the, the weirder it starts to look to you. Or like that... Uh... That one thing that was going around a little while back where it was like the celebrities' faces side by side. You look at the cross and it just flashes between them. Yeah. And they start to look super distorted and weird. I think just the idea of waking up one day and looking in the mirror and suddenly, like, you look like uh, SpongeBob from that one episode where he lost all his holes and he was just like, hi, how are you? perfect sponge <laughs> um if i can be honest about the the doll the becoming a doll story or whatever mm-hmm. i almost like proper explanation for it being the skeptic that i am um to me it kind of just seems like for some reason she started developing some sort of, like, body dysmorphia-type situation. Yeah. And people noticed because, you know, when you develop stuff like that, physical changes do start to happen. And so people noticed, and then eventually she just became so withdrawn that people were just like, I'll just leave her alone. And then that made it even worse and devolved into, like, various types of like depression and anxiety and who knows what else well and i can understand that the having nightmares about dolls and stuff. oh yeah definitely well I, I i don't know if i ever got to the to the story i was going to say about the lady in walmart in the podcast section but when i was a kid i saw this old lady in walmart in the middle of summer wearing this big winter jacket and a face mask because she was sick and it was, I was looking through this, like, you know, the $5 bins of DVDs. Mm-hmm. I was just mm-hmm. digging through that shit. And I was mm-hmm. so short, I had to stand on, like, 
put my the tips of my toes in the grates at the bottom of it and lean over it to dig through it. And I looked up and she was standing there right on the other side of it, just staring at me. And her eyes looked a little sunk and darkened. And she was wearing the face mask. And in the middle of summer, a big winter coat. And then for months after that, I had nightmares of this lady standing in my woods, staring up at my window, which I'm on the second floor. And my window does face the woods. So I just had a dream of this lady standing there staring at my window all night long until the sun came up. And then she would just slowly walk back into it. You had a lot of nightmares about those woods. Seeing things out your window and stuff. Yeah. You, you've you've told me about some that I'm just like, maybe growing up around woods wasn't, like, your window facing the woods like that wasn't, like... <laughs> a super duper good thing for sleep <laughs> no and now as an adult reading stories about going into the woods especially the missing 411 stories i don't want to go into the woods <laughs> by myself at least the woods are fucking oh yeah scary. definitely definitely not by yourself and if i'm like like I'll, i like hiking through the woods it's beautiful but if i'm with somebody else if I'm hiking yeah. with somebody else and they're like, hey, I got to run back to the car. You can keep going. I'm going to be like, no, I'm coming with you, bitch. You're not leaving me here. Yeah, for real. As long as you stay on the path, you're fine. That's what they say. <laughs> we'll get into that during the missing 411 episode. Tomorrow, everybody. <laughs> stay tuned for tomorrow's episode. Um, Next time on Dragon Ball Z. Uh, the next Wait, story I have to share is, I think, a little bit shorter than that one, but this one is an un, uh, an uncanny valley story. Sorry, a, a liminal space story. Um, and this one didn't seem like a liminal space necessarily to me. Um, it seemed more like a nightmare zone. Nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. Um. But I'll go ahead and read it, and you can determine whether you think this is a good representation of a liminal space story. Okay. <clears throat> liminal spaces. Have you ever heard of them? <laughs> Damn it. It might be. <laughs> <laughs> I like how every single one of these stories, I think we were taught in high school that starting with a question was a good hook to a story. Yeah, it's such a bad hook. But when it's you know everybody's using it, it's like okay, I I start to see a pattern well, here. I I don't know that I've ever actually like read started reading a story and it opens with a question, and I haven't just closed it and put it back on the shelf. Like. I see a question and I'm like, I don't care, and I toss it to the <laughs> side. I hate when stores open with questions. It's kind of like that movie trope where it's like, you see that guy right there? That's me, and my life is kind of crazy. <laughs> okay. Or like, the story happens and then it was all a dream. <laughs> I hate that too. Liminal spaces are places you're supposed to be able to feel the fabric of reality coming down. Stretches of highway in the American Midwest, where the horizon extends forever on both sides. Empty parking lots, gas stations at night, 
the cone of brightness given off by the last street lamp. Transient places like that. The veil that divides here from there gets thin, and you step into a feeling of alienation and not quite wrong anymore. Like everything is there, but two inches too far to one side. I felt it before. On road trips and late-night grocery runs, or standing outside smoking at dusk with the rain misting down and turning the lights hazy. I'm no stranger to this sort of thing, is what I'm saying. I'm sure you're not either. We've all experienced that subtle unsettling of our weird lizard brains looking into a place that souls pass on both sides of the bridges. It's harmless. I like how you said lizard brains. Mm-hmm. I was just about to say that gets back into the uncanny valley is lizard brains. <laughs> lizard people is a whole different subset. It's harmless. Or I thought it was. My mom, oh, sorry, my mum, British, mom. Innit? British, innit? Mom, innit? me mumsy died two months ago. Oh, I don't want to make fun of that. My mom died two months ago. Breast cancer. Oh, that's great. She oh, fought it off great. twice, bless her, but three was too much. It was hard. She wasn't old, old, 53. Not old enough to be gone like that. I feel that. I feel that. Um, I'd be living, I'd been living with her my whole life. We had a little house she got to keep when she divorced my dad when I was young. Little, but functional. Two bedrooms, two bathrooms, had a basement we covered, converted into a laundry room, which is the thing that ties all of this together. I'm just a college kid. I've got a part-time job that I'm balancing with a couple of classes right now. And after she died, I couldn't keep up the house on my own. The rest of the family couldn't really step in to help. Most of them were scattered through the 3,000 miles separating us from her her old family home. As soon as we'd found out she was terminal, I started talking to a financial advisor, so it's not like it came out of nowhere. All the papers were lined up, there was an offer put in, and the house was sold the week after she passed. The brunt of the money went to paying her outstanding medical bills and getting my old junk with stuff. So they must be American. They just said the word mom. Hmm. It's because of the outstanding medical bills. <laughs> I the, mean, rest, maybe. the rest I put down as a, as a deposit, deposit on an apartment, just like we talked about. It wasn't in a great part of town, but it wasn't in the bad part. Life went on autopilot for a while. There were state meetings and bills to square away and moving to do, and I walked like a zombie through most of it. It was like the rug had been ripped up from under me, you know? A lot of little life stuff fell by the wayside while I got my head back on straight. The world doesn't stop when you get slow, so you just start letting things slide. And the little things become big things, and eventually you wake up like I did this morning with my entire floor covered in clothes that would never pass the sniff test a fifth or sixth time, and my sink full of paper chinette plates I'd been too lazy to throw away with the rest of the garbage. Mom would have rolled her eyes at me. I sort of knew that. Since I had the day off work, I finally resolved to do something about it. Two months is plenty of time to wallow in your own 
don't, and I was going to have to rejoin society at some point anyway. I also feel that pretty hard too, because at my parents' house, my bedroom was just piled because I was depressed. A shower and a shave later, I was being a real adult, vacuuming and taking out the trash and actually charging my phone so I didn't have an excuse to ignore the texts from various far family members asking about how I'm holding up anymore. Momentum is a great thing. I got it all done by about noon and got my clothes sorted to wash before I hit a hang-up. Apartment building didn't have an in-house washing facility. I literally had to spend 15 minutes first trying to use Google, then just helplessly browsing Street View to find the laundromat that was supposed to be 10 minutes away. Because God help me if I could remember the directions one of my new neighbors had offered me the first week I'd moved in. I found it eventually, grungy little building with a faded pastel paint job that looked like it would have been a, at home back in the 70s. Salmon or peach or rosy beige or something like that. The door swung both ways, I guess to help people get in and out with their arms full of laundry baskets. Um, but stepping in there, it just felt like a metaphor. By all accounts, the place was unassuming. Four neat rows of washers, dryers along the walls. Ancient Pac-Man games shoved up against the coin changer. Lights were dim, they didn't flicker or anything, and there was a flat-screen TV hooked up in the corner where the, the talk was playing. I loaded up washers while Aisha Tyler talked about how my generation is apparently not having enough sex. No attendance in sight, which is what sent the first little shudder to up the back of my neck, but the place apparently also does drop-off. So I just figured they'd be in the back working on somebody's busier clothes. I had just gotten to the, la the last washer I needed running when I heard the bell jingle and somebody else came in. A biker-looking guy with orange shades and his frizzy hair tied back in a greasy ponytail. A little girl in a pink Doc McStuffin shirt was following him carrying a bottle of detergent about as big as she was. She looked my way. I smiled then just dropped my face back down to my purse and whipped out my phone. Literally every article of clothing other than that, than what I was wearing right then, was in a washing machine, so I, it was going to be a while. I started texting people and forgot anybody else was there, except for the little girl occasionally giggling about something her dad had said. When I next looked up at the TV a while later, the news was on, and that's when I got the first real proof that something was wrong. The anchor was talking about an accident with a semi-truck. No big deal. They happen sometimes, yeah? Except this was the exact same story that had been on two months prior. I only remember because it had been on the TV in the hospital waiting room when I had been there with my mom. Either two guys named Sam worked for the same company and fell asleep at night at the wheel eight weeks apart or nothing. I was creeped out. I shot off another text to my buddy asking about the news, and even though we'd been going back and forth without pause, this time she didn't text back. Biker guy had switched to Pac-Man. I couldn't see where the kid had gone. Sure feels later than it is, huh? I asked. He sort of glanced over at me and turned back to his game. I tried one more time. Kid's cute. Where'd she run off to? That time, he didn't even turn back. I was saved from my awkwardness and growing unease by the beeping of the washing machine. 
one after another, my gut was telling me to grab my shit and go, but I had nowhere to hang this many clothes to dry them, and I talked myself into believing I was being silly. I condensed four washers into two dryers and sat back down, switching to Candy Crush. How old are you, like, fucking 30? Shut up. <laughs> a, a, a thunk made me look up. Biker guy was putting his bottle of detergent away, the one I'd seen the girl carry. I watched him empty his washers into the laundry baskets and start wheeling them out in one of the carts. No little girl. Hey! I finally stood up and my legs felt loose and leaden. Your daughter okay? He looked at me like I'd grown a second head and walked out. The back of his shirt was wet, dripping with something that left brown black droplets on the floor behind him like chew stick. That's what finally made me get up. That's what finally made me stow my phone and jog over to the big employees-only door that presumably led uh, to the drop-off. By this time, there was no dis uh, disguising the shakes or goosebumps or the lump I couldn't work out of my throat. I hammered on it. Excuse me, is there anyone back there? A guy just left and a woman swung the door open and scared me out to death. She was a few inches shorter than me, probably 4'10", mousy, dyed in permanent hair, and permed hair, sorry, thick-rimmed glasses, white scrubs, and, a dis and disposable rubber gloves. But she had a rosary around her neck, and that itself made me sort of relieved. I don't know why. Movie logic just says a cross means good, means safe. She had a couple of... A, a couple? She had a couple of loose black hairs sticking out of one nostril. What's the matter? She asked me. Lipstick smeared over her teeth. Two of her nose hairs twitched, and I could have vomited when I realized they were attached to a cockroach's head, which poked itself right out of her nostril. She reached up and rubbed it and then made the thing retreat back inside. I blurted something about the trail of nastiness the biker guy had left she re and retreated back into the relative safety of the main set of washers. She answered with a brusque, I'll mop it up, and disappeared back into the drop-off. At this point, all I wanted was to get home. I, it didn't matter if my clothes were dry. It barely mattered if I had them with me. All the wrongness that had been building up had coalesced into panic that was threatening to undo me right there in the middle of the laundry. For some unknowable reason, I looked up the TV, news again, same story. Sam the truck driver, worked too many hours, a six-car pileup with four people dead. The anchor's hair was a wind, a mess wind, uh, was a mess, windblown. Her eyes were unfocused and glassy. As a last-ditch effort to calm myself down, I pulled my phone back out and reeled at the sight of the clock. Outside the laundromat's windows, the sun was still shining like midday, but according to the clock on my cell, it was well after seven. I fired off another round of panicky text messages. At some point, you stop caring if you sound crazy and just want somebody to know what's happening to you. I didn't get any immediate replies, but then I also didn't expect any. This was the point that a loud thunk from the dryer <laughs> caught my attention. One of the ones I was using, I'd already decided I was leaving, and the sudden noise would have buckled my knees if I hadn't been leaning on one of the, the folding counters. I grabbed my laundry basket, 
ready to unload everything, whether it was wet or not, and drag it out, back out. And then the thunk sound again. It sounded like everything had gotten tangled up in my jeans. It was rolling over and over in a big ball that uh, centrifugal force couldn't hold to the top of the dryer every rotation. And me, stupid, stupid me, I walked over, basket in hand, to throw the dryer open. I couldn't even be bothered with the emergency stop button. I just yanked the handle and popped the door and let everything come flying out. And that's when I started screaming. The clothes that did fly out were stained with brown and orange, stained with brown and orange and reeked like sewage. And the thing that flopped out with them and dribbled foulness all over my shoes was unthinkable. Whatever it was looked human like it had been human. Its skin was wet and mottled, patchy red as though its whole body had been broiled, sloughing off in places to reveal boiled gray threads of muscle where it wasn't covered by what used to be a pink shirt. It looked up at me with popped eyeballs, its jaw hanging unhinged, Shit-smelling ooze dribbled from the corners of its mouth around a water-swollen tongue. It keened like a baby. I threw up on top of it. It let out a hideous noise and flailed at its face. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you can't say, I threw up on top of it. I was getting out it. that you said that. I just lost it. Uh, Everything that was going through my head was replaced by what <laughs> a baby. <laughs> it let out a hideous noise and flailed at its face as though trying to wipe it clean, but I was gone. I ran and threw my whole weight at the door, expecting it to be locked. It wasn't. I ate shit in the gravel parking lot on the other side and thrashed back to my feet in the fading light of dust. My phone was going off with message after missed message. Through the glass on the door, I couldn't see my laundry baskets or my clothes or the thing. Just an elderly couple doing their laundry. My shoes were still wet. They still reeked. When I went home, I threw them out. I can't decide if I need therapy or some new clothes first. What I do know is that you need to respect those godforsaken liminal spaces. Don't linger. They're transient places. And if you stick around too long, you'll end up seeing the kinds of things that pass through. I mean, it's it's an interesting take for sure. Except for I threw up on a baby. That was funny. <laughs> well, I don't know if you caught the pink shirt thing. Yeah, it was the little yeah. kid. It was the little girl. Yeah. He was like, hey, where's I, your daughter? And he didn't be like, in the fucking dryer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I when, when you first started talking about, like, them showing up and the news playing and everything, I halfway expected it to be like, oh, the wreck, they were people that were in the wreck and, and stuff, but um, that's not where it went. Kind of but I definitely, I definitely had a feeling that it was gonna be like, oh, they're they're dead. I'm curious what the brown black dip spit dripping off the dude would have been, and then the what was it, black and orange? Yeah. 
Probably just super wet blood. It burnt but, skin. It I was gonna say, but like orange? I don't know. Either someone doesn't know their colors, or I've never seen a, a baby in a clothes dryer. I mean, <laughs> which I think we can all agree, someone doesn't know their colors. What if there are liminal spaces and creatures that we see in Uncanny Valley stories may come from these liminal spaces? They're connected. That'd be sick. Could be. There's like an alternate liminal space Dude, universe. That's why. That's why in liminal spaces you hear the footsteps, you hear the voices, you see the shadows. It's because they're connected. Because this liminal reality is coming through. Yeah. Peeking through, like like the person in this story said, it's peeking like the, through the veil just a little bit. Or like the mirrors, like a liminal space is just a thinner veil between us and mirror dimension. Creepy to think about. What do you think, Sam? Um, I, I mean, I've read and watched videos on all kinds of things kind of like that, where, like, there's a lot of people that seem to think that, you know, our consciousness, right, is is raising. What's up? I was just looking at Cargo's face. I thought he was frozen in this weird-ass smile. He was just like... For so long, and I was like, is he frozen? Continue. So basically, the idea is that as... Gosh, it's... Okay. So, main core of the idea is that we all create our own realities, right? Like... Our society as a whole has specific beliefs that create the structure of our reality. And the theory is, is that as more people become more open-minded to different forms of reality, of uh, a different understanding of what reality is, the, the things that separate what we have perceived most of the time and the things that are, you know, still there, but that don't enter our realm of consciousness, that, that layer of separating us is becoming thinner and thinner as more people are open to these possibilities of, you know, other dimensions or all these various esoteric slash spooky thoughts and ideas. It kind of goes to the like, the 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 almost Rick Royardian mm -hmm. aspect of religion, mm -hmm. where it's almost like he's saying the mist. Yeah. Well, and it's also almost like he's saying if you believe in this religion, any religion, that's the afterlife you're going. Yeah. Like if you're a hardcore Christian, you go to heaven. If you still believe in ancient egyptian mythology you're gonna go to their afterlife you're... you subconsciously build the life you think you deserve and there's no reason why that would change after death you would subconsciously build the afterlife that you think you deserve it's crazy to think about there's a junji ito story um which if you don't know junji ito he's a manga artist artist who writes horror stories and he did this story about this guy 
who went to the hospital because he said he was having really, really long dreams. But I remember this one. He would sleep a normal amount of time. And as he's in the hospital, he's having every night the dreams get longer. At first it was a day, then it was two days. He got up to a year, got up to ten years, you know, hundreds of years. And eventually his body just started to crumble away. And he didn't want to go to sleep. But eventually he would just fall asleep. And one night he just didn't wake up. And his entire body crumbled into nothingness. And it was like he was stuck in this long dream he was having. Hmm. Forever. It's a crazy thing to think about because... What if, when we die, something similar happens to us? That it's almost like, even though our brain isn't working, we're just kind of stuck in a dream. Who's to say this isn't the dream? Who's to say we're not a bunch of aliens tripping on some kind of drug? Amen. When we die, we wake up and we look at our alien homies. Like, oh, how was it, bro? Did you feel it? I don't think I would like that. I I mean, it's like that Rick and Morty episode where they play that that game. And where you live the life of another person. Yeah. An entire life. And Morty comes out and he's in tears. Because he's like, I fell in love. (laughs) That is crazy to think about. That. What if we die and we're just, we wake up in a game. Like, we're just, like, coming out of a game and we're like, whoa, holy shit. I mean, like, what better game VR. <laughs> what better game could there be? You get to live a whole life in a time span of a couple minutes, half an hour maybe, right? In real world time. You get to live any reality of your choosing. You get to make all of the decisions. There's extra realistic graphics and NPCs and, and all of that. And, and there's there's struggles. Like, that's the whole thing of what makes games fun, right? Is there's challenges. This life is the ultimate challenge. You heard it here first, first, folks. The the best video game is just The Sims VR. Yep. <laughs> um, that also kind of brings up the, um, what if you could be reincarnated, right? Mm-hmm. And you're reincarnated as a child, but you keep all of the memories of your previous life. So you're still in love. You still have the friends that you cared about. You still know all these people, but you're a person who doesn't know them, and they don't know you. Well, that's like, have you heard the stories of the kids that will just randomly blurt out stuff about, like, like people, like, kids will say stuff about, like, the Titanic and stuff like that? Like, oh, there are people jumping off the boat, and, like, weird stuff like that? Yeah. And they're like two or three year old kids that wouldn't have any idea what it is or anything like that. Yeah. Like, that's a genuine thing that people think is something that happens. It's like 
people are reincarnated and for the first few years of life they'll have those uh i guess like bleed through memories and stuff there's a lot of stories of kids saying that they remember things from their last their previous life they're like they'll say i was your dad in my last life Mm -hmm. what if that's why kids cry like baby because they're sad at everything they lost yeah and then as they gradually grow older they just forget it and they're not old enough to actually like talk about explain that hey this is why I'm sad. I don't want. I don't want to put your. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want milk. I want to talk to someone <laughs> about this stuff that I'm going yeah. through. I need a therapist, not tit. This did <laughs> remind me of something. I'm trying to find it right now. I think it's called the the egg of life theory. Yeah. Something like that. It's a real cool idea. Which I think you guys would find interesting. I'm trying to find the video on it. Wait, does that mean humans have been recycling forever? They've just been recycling their own souls and their own memories. Uh, that's why. Okay, we're so, so against it when it comes to our garbage. <laughs> here's I'll I'll do my best to describe it. Um, let's see here. So the idea is that before the Big Bang, right? There is one singular atom that contained all of the matter in existence, right? Uh, there's no such thing as gravity or laws of physics at this point, right? There's there's nothing. Nothing exists. There's no rules. It's just emptiness with a singular point of something. Uh, the idea is that that point is consciousness, and it has no limit on speed or location. And the idea is that the Big Bang was this point going from one spot to everywhere. Because there's no, there's no limit on how fast it can, it can travel, right? So it can appear to be everywhere all at once. So the idea is that every single thing in existence is comprised of one atom that is moving infinitely fast between all of the points to create our 3D reality. Uh, Another idea, I need to find this video because I'm butchering the explanation. Well, we can we can slow atoms down, right? Uh, well, but we can make it appear that atoms are slowing down. I was gonna say, if it's moving infinitely fast, it'll just the spot that it appears next will just be slightly closer to where it was, where it previously was, because it will have already gone through every single other iteration back to this one point and it'll just like us slowing it down will just be changing its next position once it completes the full cycle you guys heard of the last thursday theory 
Thursday doesn't exist. You can't prove that last Thursday happened? Mm -mm. Or something like that? The fact that you can't prove that the memories and the history and the entire world and our reality as it is wasn't created last Thursday. And we just think we've been living for, you know, thousands of years because that's what last Thursday that was created in our heads. No. Uh, I did find the video on the egg theory. Mm -hmm. I saw you sent that in the DM chat. Yeah. Um, it's a real good video. Kurskazakt is just really good in general. I love Kurskazakt. Um but like okay, with that last Thursday theory, if that's the case, then who's to say that it wasn't last night? Or who's like it wasn't in between now, last night and this now. morning. Like well, I mean, it's and it, it's not just exclusive to last Thursday. They just call it last Thursday theory because ah, okay, that makes a lot more sense then. It's just like oh, it's last Thursday. Just say that last Thursday. It could be any time. Just the thought that all of this could have been gotcha. created before this current point in time, or after at, this current point of time. Well, then you get then you get to weird. Meta. Weird time stuff, and that's just... <laughs> Who's that's to just say we're not place. experiencing our death flashbacks at this very moment? We're actually on our deathbed. And the only true moment of feeling reality is at that moment where we get to the end and we realize that it was all just a playback. Well, and see, when, she, when you get that deep, then, and then it starts point, all over would, again. Wouldn't it just start over? And yep. it just gets exponentially shorter? And it is to say that when it's finally over, you don't wake up and your homies are looking at you going, how was it, Travis? (laughs) (laughs) you were out for like 10 minutes, bro. (laughs) Those those kinds of things. Wow, take another hit, dude. Those kinds of theories to me are just like, why even think about that? Why not just experience it? Like, Does that stuff, does it make you sad? Or does it make you hopeful? That when you die, this life could just be... Man, I'm never hopeful about anything. <laughs> um, I'm always sad. See, I, it, it doesn't make me sad, the thought that there could be nothing, because there will be no me to be sad. So there's no reason for me to be sad about it, because yeah. I am here. I, I exist at this moment. So if I do ever stop existing, I won't have a say or... Uh, feeling or anything because I won't exist. There, it, it will be nothing. There won't. It's not like it will be infinite darkness forever, right? If we truly die and there's actually nothing, our consciousness slips away forever. It's gone. There's nothing to experience anything. So there, we can't we can't imagine nothing. So it's it's weird for our bi- our, our brains. They can't comprehend not existing. I just know when I when I first you know, walked away from, from Christianity. I was sad for a while because I was like, I would like when I die to be able to have my friends around and my family around and everybody I care about. I don't want to lose these people. But then I did eventually get to that point where you're talking about where I was like, well, if there's nothing, then what, what does it matter? Because I, I won't. I won't feel sad about it. You know, I won't have 
any way to feel sad because I'll be gone. Won't know till we get there. Bringing it back just a, a little bit back to this egg thing because I've just been looking through images from the video. It reminded me of more of accurately what it was talking about. So the idea is that this universe is just an egg and that all of the conscious beings in the known existence are just the same consciousness at different points in time. We are all the same base consciousness getting to a point and we, we, it's so hard to explain. The video does it so bad, so much better. Uh, Ultimately, the universe is an egg that is preparing for us to our this consciousness that is all of us to get to the point of self-realization and hatch into what we would describe as God, basically, right? Ooh. Not not necessarily not exactly the depiction of God, but like a in the form in the way of like Hyper aware, like omniscient, created, being omniscient incredible. being, uh, whose basic sole purpose is just creation, right? That's why artistry and and music and any form of art is so big with us because we just look, we create things, right, all the time. That's a super cool theory, actually. Yeah, I would a hundred percent recommend both of you watch the egg story video because it, it does such a great job of describing it it's it's got a similar uh piece to another one that i've heard going back to the reincarnation thing where essentially everybody is the same person kind of like what the egg theory was Mm -hmm. but this one is like uh like for example when i die I'll get reincarnated as, say, someone who gets on the Titanic. I know that we mentioned that before, so it's just fresh in the memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when that person dies, they'll be reborn as Nick. And then when he dies, he'll be reborn as King Ramses of Egypt. Yeah. And then when he dies, he'll be reborn as, like, my dad. And yeah. it just goes back and forth to where this one person is everyone. And for the, the, the egg video, the point at which the egg would theoretically hatch, right? This universal egg for our uh, shared consciousness would be when this con- when the point of perspective has experienced every life, every situation that has ever or will ever e- exist or happen, right? Once you have lived all of the lives of all of the people who are all you, then theoretically, you know, in, in this mm-hmm. ideal, you're, once you have experienced all of that, you would have omniscience or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The, the God becoming a God part when you had, she almost sounds like meta Mormonism. <laughs> if you know anything about Mormonism, it's like when you die, you get taken by the God of this planet. To be a god of another planet or another reality. 
that's an interesting idea. <laughs> Cargo's trying not to say shit about it. I'm trying not to be rude. <laughs> um, but uh, I, uh, halfway through that, I had a sudden realization that we stray so far from our main topic sometimes. Well, and I kind of love that about it. Because it's just organic conversation. It's not stick to these points and stay within this script, so to speak. We just have a conversation. Well, originally the idea was, hey, we're just going to like basically 4 a.m. chat. And you're just chilling with your homies in the car. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what it is. I mean, we just we just hear vibing. Ooh, I, I did find a uh a thing here on a site. It's a a short little explanation of what the video is talking about kind of if you guys were interested in me reading that off. Sure. Sure. <laughs> okay. So it says what started as a leisurely lunchtime break scanning through videos on YouTube has led everyone in the world into questioning their own existence. For me, it was another day of microwave-warmed Uncle Ben's rice and some medium-spiced chicken, flicking through YouTube looking for something funny to watch. Swinging back on my desk chair, wondering if my rice would be clumped together in the corner of Ben's flavorless packet like it always bloody is, <laughs> I needed a hearty chuckle to help ride through the remaining few minutes of a typically ropey Monday morning. Ah, uh, wait. Ah, number one trending video on YouTube. The egg. What could possibly go wrong? What is the egg about? The seven-minute YouTube video was uploaded on September 1st, my birthday, and follows a popular short story created by American writer Andy Weir? Weir? W-E-I-R? Weir? I think it's Weir. Weir? Uh, created by American writer Andy Weir in 2009. The egg questions the purpose of life and human existence. It probes into what human life means. Why were we created and what happens after what we know in this life as death? God and a 48-year-old human interact following a fatal car accident. The human taking on the role of the viewer. Uh, uh, hmm. This is... Why? Hold on. It's cut off weird. Um, I'm going to interject something really quickly mm -hmm. uh when you get done i had a very fun thought in the middle of what you were saying and i made okay. i made a huge like oh <laughs> i just thought of something kind of face so like for people who are audio only you missed out on a very funny face that i made also fun fact andy weir also mm -hmm. wrote the march mm -hmm. oh that's where i know that name from uh, anyways, I guess I'll just continue reading it as it goes down, but it's kind of cut off weird at parts, it feels like. <laughs> weird. Uh, life according to Andy Weir's The Egg, an introspective look at human life and the possibilities of what happens after death. The Egg forces viewers into thinking about huge philosophical questions. According to Andy Weir's stories, or story, existence itself is simplified to taking on the form of an egg. The story explains that both death and time do not really exist. They are concepts on Earth that humans created. 
Uh, instead, the egg explains that God created one single human. This human life grew and multiplied. And since that time, whenever a human life died, it simply moved on to take the form of another life, reincarnated in past or present. In the YouTube video, the 48-year-old man is reincarnated as a Chinese peasant girl in 540 AD following death. The euphemism ties back to an egg because it implies that the whole world and all of its life forms is like one big egg, constantly growing and evolving as one human race opposed to millions of individuals. God says in the video, Every time you victimized someone, you were victimizing yourself. Every act of kindness you've done, you've done to yourself. Every happy and sad moment ever experienced by any human wars or will be experienced by you. Uh, uh, those who have watched The Egg have been left confused, speechless, and inspired, all dependent on their understanding and experience with the video. Naturally, however, man mankind has always allowed room for humor. One YouTube video... Or one YouTube viewer commented on the video, adding, it must have been really annoying to say that to him seven billion times. Because <laughs> the whole idea is you go back and have this conversation with God every time in between each life, right? Yeah. Another added, Mom, how was your dinner? Me. I am the dinner. Mom, what? Anyways, what did you do at school? Me. I was the teacher, the students, and everyone else. Uh, reactions on Twitter have seen people applaud the video for its ability to explain the extremely debatable and complex physiological, spiritual, and religious theories in a clear and simple, simple manner that manages to appeal huge volumes of people from varying backgrounds. And then it has a question about what you thought of the video, but without actually watching the video, it's kind of... This was a good description of it to a degree, but it's not... It's not the same as watching the video. I think there's beautiful animations with it as well. At this point, I think it's kind of like, you know, I I, I get it. I until I watched the video, I I got most of it. You got the gist at least. Carl, you had a revelation. Yeah, uh, I I forgot about it until you just said something. Actually, <laughs> um. No, in the middle of it, you said something about, like, who's to say what happens to life after death or something like that. Mm -hmm. What if when people die, they become the uncanny creatures of the liminal spaces? So th that's another thing, right? Like, uh... So you since time is a, is a... Is a man-made concept right like before clocks and all that we didn't really measure time outside of day and night really and you know seasons but and before that like there was no concept a, of time we had i can see i cannot see the idea is that like all points in time exist at the present in some some way so what you're seeing is could be potentially another time of the location that you were at right because like that's the whole thing with ghosts walking through walls and stuff mm -hmm. if you're if there was a different house in the location where you're now living if the house structure was different they could just you could just be seeing them going throughout their normal what 
like they're just walking through a doorway. Yeah, they're going through a doorway or something in their like own that. Time, but, but things have changed throughout time so that this fragment that you were seeing through time or whatnot it looks like someone's going through a wall because it looks like they're going through your wall. But in their time, their reality, they are not. I've heard people say that before. I've also heard people say that that's just residual ghosts who are, you know, going about their daily lives and the yeah. they had in life and stuff there. Um, uh, by the way, when I mentioned Mormonism, it reminded me of a conversation I had with my brother, who I'm not going to name, because I don't want to, like, you know, call him out and make him feel like he's stupid, even though he'll know I'm talking about him. And I'm not trying to say he's stupid <laughs> at all. Um, you know who you are. <laughs> but I was talking to him about religion, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in the context of me explaining some things about Norse mythology. Because mm-hmm. I was playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And I was going from my... Like, in, Val- in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you go from the main game to Valhalla. Like, you mm-hmm. take a potion that the... Uh, the, the medicine woman in your camp gives you. And mm-hmm. you go to Valhalla, and he's like, what does that represent? And I said, well, in a lot of the times in, you know, Scandinavian countries, the way they communed with their gods was basically mixing their mead with psychedelics and drinking it and going out into the woods. Yeah. That's the same in a lot of different cultures. Well, and that's what that's what we got into, was he was like, well, so, you know, that just kind of seems wrong, and, you know, that shouldn't, that's not, it's just, like, a high religion. It's like, it was just made because somebody was tripping. Off. Christianity. That's what I said. As I said, I'm sure that's how a lot of Christian revelations came. Yeah. And he was like, wouldn't that be against the Bible? And I said, well, we're talking long time ago. Long time ago. And not to mention that the Bible is a man-made creation that has been altered. and Yeah. Like the whole story of the burning bush, right? mm -hmm. In the region that they would have been in. And, you know, taking into the context uh, all the scenarios... The burning bush telling him these things, most likely it was a high uh, psychedelic content, most likely DMT in this plant. And when it was burned and he inhaled it, he had a psychedelic experience. Well, and there is, you know, recorded evidence of, uh, I think one of the biggest ones was the high priest of Russia. Mm -hmm. A lot of times. How they got their religious revelations was going into the woods, picking some mushrooms, and getting trippy as fuck, bro. Mm-hmm. Well, and isn't that also how Mormonism came to be? Was mushrooms in the forest? Yeah. Or something along those lines? Yeah, he basically it was in the forest. He got high on mushrooms and had all these revelations about Christianity. Um and then we got into, well, what isn't that like, why, why wouldn't most religions be exactly the same if it's all about tripping on mushrooms? And I was like, well, they are. 
and, and even then, I was like, the specific sect of religion you believe in, if you're looking to see God, if you're chirping on mushrooms, you're most likely going to see this God as what you believe in. You know? Well, and, and also, you can have the exact same uh, species of mushroom and the exact same amount and all this kind of stuff. And two different people will have two wildly different experiences. Well, and even then, even though these psychedelics do warp reality around you and the way your mind functions, Mm -hmm. the way you think is still there. It doesn't necessarily rip all that out of your head and replace it with mushroom juice. No, basically what psychedelics do is they break down your ego, your preconceived subconscious ideas about reality and what life is and that's why i sang a song about a mosquito (laughs) (laughs) um another thing uh with his question about why wouldn't religions be basically the same there is so much correlation between almost all religions they have very Mm -hmm. similar kinds of stories symbolism all these things that you wouldn't think. And most have similar morals just because, you know, yeah. like, morals are tend to be somewhat universal anyways. Well, and there was a change, obviously, because ancient religions, most of the time, had pantheons of gods. Many gods. Mm-hmm. And then... Most were polytheistic. Uh, more modern religions are monotheistic. But, very similar just as the ancient polytheistic religions were very similar. Mm-hmm. And even then, if, if, you just, if you just take a, a lot of polytheistic religions and just mesh them all into one singular god-being, they would be very similar to most monotheistic religions. By the way, if you're religious, you have any religious affiliation, we're not, like, against religion. We don't hate religion. We're not... I think most of us wouldn't consider ourselves full atheist, like, religion is wrong and science is right, but it's more like, what's that word? Not no Agnostic. Yeah, agnostic. Where it's like, we just don't know, per se. I identify as an omnist so omnism is uh the idea that no one religion is a hundred percent true but that all religions have some truth in them well it's like the teacher uh mr cullum said to me once where there's smoke there was a fire at some point mm-hmm. right so and i think he said that to me about ghosts he's like we're talking about people's ghosts and he was like, well, if there's smoke, there's probably a fire. It may not be the exact size fire you were thinking it was, but there was a fire at some point. So, you know, ghosts, religions, all the smoke is there, so there had to have been a fire at some point. There had to have been something that well, started. Not only that, if you look at, I don't know if you guys have done any research on ancient Egypt. I've done a crap ton of video watching, documentary watching paper reading there's all these 
symbolisms that they use, right? Like they found uh, hieroglyphics of what looks like UFOs, basically. Or like depictions of dragons, right? There's there's no reason why people would start to make these things up. Dragons. Without some inspiration towards that idea. And well, you know, the, the the idea for dragons being that, well, someone could have found dinosaur bones and uh you know, without having any skin or muscle or anything, it looks like a dragon. Well, and I also, there's like uh, some of the things with that. A lot of people believe it's um, people who can't draw traveling to places, coming back to their country of origin and trying to explain the things they saw to somebody who can draw or, or yeah. do art. And so they end up like, if you look at pictures of elephants drawn by medieval age artists, mm-hmm. they don't look like elephants. They look kind of yeah, like elephants. If you look at pictures of cats drawn by <laughs> medieval artists, yeah, yeah, things like things get altered over time. Well, and um, there's also, you know, if you look at ancient Rome, dude, they literally wiped like ancient Rome, and we do this with animals too. They would attack cities, and they wouldn't just kill everybody there including women and children. They would destroy all the buildings and burn all the and statues. burn all the culture and history. Libraries, they wanted to erase it from history. And we do that with animals too. We hunt animals to extinction. So who's mm-hmm. to say some of these, you know, dragons, unicorns, less like unicorns, but like Pegasi, stuff like that didn't exist well, at some I point. Mean, and even unicorns too, like a yeah. horse with a horn coming out of its forehead like who's to say that, that they didn't exist and humans either saw them as a threat or liked them and they didn't hunt them to extinction we know nothing about our history basically as humans have you guys ever seen these mountains that i just sent a picture of nope i'm just kidding i don't know um, oh yeah the huge like plateaus and stuff yeah well There's theories that, because if you look at a tree trunk after you've cut it down, right? Here's a good image. Yeah, I've... Over time, it starts to decay and petrify into eventually what looks very similar to these mountains. Yep. The way that they grow up, look, they they seemingly look like they grow up out of the ground and they're, they're just a perfect chopped off top it makes no sense that a lot of them have uh growth rings a lot of these what are called mountains now have definable rings in their structure so the idea is that they were ancient giant trees that at some point were cut down which if the earth is the size that we're led to believe that it is is not implausible also, lots of stories of trees of tree of life, right? Giant trees. Mm-hmm. That's a huge thing in quite a few religions. Well, and you know, talking about this kind of stuff, um, kind of goes in tandem with tomorrow's episode. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of just 
you know, people say we've explored all of Earth. So no, not Sa- even close. So Sas, so Sasquatch, all the land. So they're like, yeah. well, the Sasquatch can't exist because you know, fairly people have seen it actually in person. <clears throat> but if a creature is intelligent, as intelligent as a human, and also has, you know, better sight, better hearing, better sense of smell. Who's to say that it can't stay in there? Could. It could literally just, you know, know a group of humans is coming and hide very easily. Because it's just as intelligent and it has better sight, better hearing, better smell. And amazing camouflage. Yeah. And see, here's where I hop in as the skeptic. Um, <laughs> back to the the giant the ancient giant trees i just sent another yeah i saw the new image with the uh the growth biggest the biggest argument against that chemical composition they're just completely different elements like even legitimate ancient petrified trees from hundreds of thousands of years ago are nowhere near even similar chemical comp- composition to any sort of stone. So, like, that's that's the big thing to me that's just like, yeah, that's not a thing. But also, I'm the skeptic of the group, so. <laughs> um, and going into, like, the, the Bigfoot sightings, or, like, even UFO sightings, as technology advanced and we got better ways to capture footage of these things besides, you know, black and white pinhole cameras <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, and now people have cell phones that have super high definition cameras on them. Most people will have them on them at all times. So if they see something like that, they'll be there ready to take pictures and videos and stuff. But Do you settings wanna... have gone down drastically and those that do crop up are very obvious fakes to those who know what to look for in photo and video to to find manipulation so like look at how this mountain appears to have roots also i want you to know all of these images that i'm sending i found by typing in ancient giant trees (laughs) well yeah because yeah but also that's just how this that's just how that works when things even even rock like tectonic plates and stuff when they push together and force things up it'll just go up and then at a certain point it like it will look like it swoops down and like that's just that's just how that works um tomorrow we'll get more into the uh, the Sasquatch. <laughs> um because you know it's missing four oh one. How can we not yeah. get into Sasquatch? We're talking about yeah. we're talking about the deep woods. Sasquatch is gonna come up at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um I was gonna say something else. I was gonna say something and bring it all back. But I don't remember what I was going to say. 
subspecies of humanoids, maybe? Oh, yeah. Because I was talking about how, uh, once again, um, you know, people hunted, you know, Rome hunted groups of people into non-existence, burned their history, burned their, um, their culture to the ground, and basically made it disappear, unless a Roman told you. Which is the only mm-hmm. reason we know some of these things exist. What if there were these other species of humans, and we literally haunted them to extinction? Or so we thought. Yeah. And well, we would probably, if they had similar intelligence to our species, they would have gone into hiding. For sure. Well, and I know one of the known species is. Uh, they were shorter and stockier and stronger than Homo sapiens, mm-hmm. but they were slightly less intelligent, which is why it's said that we could beat them in a war, in a battle, because we were smart. It'd be like Homo erectus. Or yeah, something. but even 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 if they're not as smart as us, any creature will go into hiding if it's under threat. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's like, why do you think? When you go outside and there's like birds picking worms out of your yard, you go outside, they all fly away. Or like you see a squirrel trying to dig nuts off the ground by a tree, you walk over to it and it runs away. Like, why do you think they do that? It's because, you know, they're trying to protect themselves. And we do that too. Yeah. You know, there's that fight or flight well and even even so there's the third third response freeze like a deer in headlights <laughs> and just like this is how i will survive i stand still it does not see me it's fine i will be alive i i do hope someday technology progresses to the point where we can somehow accurately figure out ancient civilizations and just ancient people in general that we don't know anything about today, dude. That's... I don't. I don't know that we will. I, I don't know that we can. The, about the passage the of time way. is harsh. In our reality, it, it breaks things down. I mean, shit. I was looking here. The oldest living tree is only five thousand years old. That means all the trees across the world are fucking infants in the time of existence. Well, let alone it, continue. If you think about that too, like how many trees are cut down because of their size? You get a lot of wood from that tree. Chop that, chop that sucker down. And that's why so many trees are so young is because they get so old and so big. We're just like, hey, that's a lot of wood. Who's to say oak trees wouldn't live longer if it weren't for human intervention? This is also kind of goes to you guys ever heard the, the the lost city of atlantis theory i've heard a lot of theories about atlantis which one are you talking about in particular the one that um so basically it has to do with actually ancient roman ancient greece uh, because rome was so known to just hunt down civilizations and try to wipe them off the face of um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Atlantis was written about 
during those times. So there's a theory that Atlantis was a real city. In fact, it was a city that was extremely technologically advanced. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Rome saw this as a threat. They were very friendly, but Rome saw it as a threat. So Rome wiped them off the face of the planet, or so they thought, but these people were technologically advanced enough to live in the ocean and survive in the ocean. Um, and so that's where the whole underwater city of Atlantis comes in, is that they were technologically advanced enough to live under the ocean, but as soon as something happens, it just takes one catastrophe for whatever it is that's keeping them alive down there. Um, you know, a dome or some kind of force field to, to fail or break and they're dead. They're all just dead. So it is... And it, that's... Go ahead. So that's why people are like, the Lost City of Atlantis was written about. Just like, I think it's Carthage. The city of Carthage. Which we didn't believe existed, but it was written about by um, Homer. Well, and then the most famous example is Troy. Mm-hmm. We thought Troy was just a fictional city written about. But they found Troy. And it was because it had been attacked and completely decimated, and the history was completely wiped. So, you know, there's, there's the theory that Atlantis did exist because it was written about. But then somebody tried to wipe it off because they were threatened. Uh, if you guys have never watched any of their videos, uh, YouTube channel called Spirit Science, they have fantastic videos. I would highly suggest you watch a few of them. I did send one, The Mysterious Origins of Humanity. Uh goes through a, a little bit of a esoteric explanation of humans and life on Earth and reality. In general. Um, how long have we been? Mm, a minute. 220? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like uh, this is a good spot to end it. I can't say I'm sorry that we got so off tra- track of the, the Uncanny Valley and Liminal Spaces because I enjoyed this conversation. So I'm not sorry. Also, that's just kind of why we're here, is to just start with an idea and let the conversation evolve naturally over time. Um, So, thank you for watching. Please stop by tomorrow for our next episode. Uh, Check out the... Yep, Missing 411. Uh, Check out our Patreon. Uh, Like I said, everything is free. There are options to help us out, but you don't have. Um, where we all got, you know, jobs or somewhere, at least a roof over our head and a place to eat. Right now, we're fine. Um, check out uh, Cargill on Twitter. Cargill, what's your Twitter? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't remember. I know it's got King Crab in it and RSA somewhere. RSA underscore King Crab. I'm trying to find it. Uh, yeah. RSA underscore King Crab. Uh, check out me on Twitter. I believe it's Biggie Bear underscore. I think so, yeah. 
I think it's most of your socials. It's Biggie underscore Bear underscore. Ooh, you had an extra underscore now. Double underscore. Uh, check out Chance on TikTok because he doesn't have a Twitter. What's yeah. your TikTok, Chance? My TikTok is at XXMistiganXX. And Mistigan is spelled M-Y-S-T-O-G-A-N. And also check out the Conge Stray Dogs TikTok where uh, we post clips of the uh, stream video-wise in case you missed it. And I also post videos of my cat cute as hell um cute little man so uh check that out um thank you guys for watching uh also check us all out on twitch uh the twitch channels for these guys are shared here uh mine's also still just rsa king crab anyways so (laughs) we hope you guys have a good night we love you bye